Hey there, I'm Alyssa Batt, the host of Priorities on Purpose, a podcast for overwhelmed direct sellers who want to grow their income, audience, and influence without sacrificing their mental health and main priorities. Whether you're just starting a new adventure or you're 15 years in and have already climbed the ranks, I want to help you have the life and the business of your dreams. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Or maybe you thought you had it and something changed. Whether you have your entire dream mapped out or have completely given up on all the possibilities, I'm here to remind you that God is bigger than the little box we put him in. This side gig is part of his plan. It's not your sole purpose, but it absolutely has purpose. As a Christian life and business coach, I'm here to help you get out of your head and live with intention so you can enjoy what matters most without the guilt. More time to do what you love, more peace, more impact, more money, and opportunities to give to those you want to help. I promise to be your hype girl, business bestie, and biggest cheerleader as I share proven and simple strategies that will be sure to help you live a fulfilled life with a strong, sustainable business. Are you ready to stop chasing all the shiny things and get laser focused? Put your earbuds in while you're cooking dinner or folding that laundry and let's get to it, friend. This is one time when multitasking is actually going to be beneficial. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Priorities on Purpose. I have a treat for you today because one of my coaching clients is going to be coming on. She's joining me now, and we are going to be talking about what happens when God calls you to go back to church and you finally decide to suck it up and do it because it's not easy. It's scary. And depending on what has happened in your life that has gotten you to this point where you are not in church, it can be even scarier, especially if you are going by yourself, right? And so without further ado, we have Nikki on to talk to me about this topic. Thank you, Nikki, for just being willing to share your story. Because as a Christian who is not going to church, I do think there's a little bit of a stigma there that, you know, we don't want to talk about like, yeah, I'm not going to church. Nikki, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are. I can't remember if you've actually been on the podcast before or not. Um, I think just when we were doing our Wednesday laser coaching, you might have had me on for a little bit. But I was raised in a Pentecostal church. I now think of it as an old-time Pentecost, so where they had rules that you went by to the letter of the law. And not that those are the most important things, but it ends up being the most important thing that they is focused on. And so growing up there and then being married there and raising my boys there, I was starting seeing things where it wasn't equal among women and men and women, which, you know, from my pastor's perspective, that's the way it's supposed to be. However, being a single mom and trying to raise my boys there after a divorce, which they don't believe in at all, I had to do, I had to make a change because the Bible says you put your family first, then your tr- your God, family, and then church. And it was church, family, and God, you know. And I was not having enough time to take care of my, my kids. So I made the decision to leave. And I was ostracized 
you know, and it really, it really hurt me a lot. Especially I saw a lot of it during my divorce. There was a lot of times I was not asked to do things anymore because I wasn't married, you know, because I had divorced. And I had done, you know, I had worked in this school. I had worked for the church. I had done praise singing and choir and played in the orchestra and, and all of those things. So it was a really difficult thing to be cut off instead of embraced. You know, instead of asking me, what can we do to help you raise these boys? It was either toe to line or you're, we're not going to use you. So I left and I did it on my own. <laughs> so you were basically what I hear you saying is you were heavily involved in the church that you'd been attending. You had yeah. been attending it for a really long time. Um, I've been there my happened. entire life. Your yeah. entire life. Wow. And then something happened. You ended up divorced and nobody checked on you or like asked questions or anything. I had a couple of close friends that they made sure that they were checking up on me. My mom had had been going with, was going with me. So I always had her with me, but it wasn't. You know, and the thing of it is they knew what had happened because they knew that my husband had stepped out of our marriage and that they never offered comfort or support or anything like that. And so. And then on top of that. Yeah. So it was really hard for me. I tried to stay involved as much as I could. And um, Oliver, my oldest, as we all know, he's got ADHD at that time. And he was a real struggle. You know, I, I was just learning how to deal with a kid with that. And I I kept getting asked, why don't you make him behave? You know, well, you can't make, I mean, that's like asking, why is the water blue? You know, and I was just struggling so much as a parent. And my mom helped me as much as she could. But finally, there were so many services that we would need to go to. At the time, we were having four a week, four services a week, and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I, you know, I was taking Oliver to the psychologist, and he was like, "Y'all need a routine every day, you know, and he needs to be in a bed at a certain time." And I couldn't do that if I was at church three nights a week. So I just made after a couple of things had been said and done, I made the decision to just, I just couldn't do it too much. It was just too much stress on myself. So I just thought either I would go back if they got older, if things calmed down, or I would just go someplace else. And going someplace else was scary to me because I had been raised in that church my entire life. I, yeah, I was in my late 20s when I had stopped going. So, wow. Uh, <laughs> and you're in your 40s now. But, I wish I, I was in my 40s. I, yeah, I thought you no, just I turned 50. <laughs> yeah, I turned 50. So you went year. like yeah. 30 years without going to church? Almost, yeah. Now, I wow. was still, yeah, I would still, there was times I would still pray, not like faithfully, because I, because you quit going to church, then you end up getting yourself into some situations that's not good. 
you know, like I was in a relationship with a man who was an alcoholic and that turned bad, you know, and so I had to get out of that. And that was like almost 10 years of my adult life. So at that point, I was like, it's just impossible to be with another person, another human being, you know, and have a relationship when you have three kids and one of them has ADHD. And so I just- And hold on, because at this point, like, it was ADHD, but there was more going on, right? Like, do you want to share? Yeah, he had more. Yeah, he had more problems going on. Which, um, you know, as he got into high school, he was diagnosed with, you know, schizoaffective disorder. And so, and that's what happened. That's what's happened with a lot of our kids. That's the first thing that most of them are diagnosed with is ADHD. They don't want to diagnose them. They're true, you know, whatever the issue is until they're older. And that's just because of the medical studies that they've had about it. But. You know, they're in a well, I think that right there is something that needs to be talked about. You know, like yeah. the pressure on you as a mom involved in church and people are like, you need to get your kid in line. Why yeah. are you disciplining them? You know what I mean? Like, that's so hard. And the pressure yeah. that moms feel anyway, like just trying to keep up and it's exhausting and then yeah. to feel like you're not a good mom because your kid is acting up. Yeah. And it's not that he was acting up. He just didn't know what to do with himself. You yeah. know, I mean, his mind was, their mind is understimulated. And they're trying to do things to keep themselves busy. How old at was t- he? At the time, he was like six or seven. He okay. was six or seven. And yeah. um, he was having a lot of struggle in school. And the first thing that happened was I took him out of the the Christian school that our church had. So that was the first thing that had happened. And the, that's a whole other story in itself. Some things that happened to him, he wasn't treated fairly. You know, no matter, it didn't even matter how much I explained to them. It asked them to learn more about the ADHD they refused. And it was, he was bad today, you know. And so I just took him out, put him in a public school, and then worked with the school to get him an IEP and so that he would get the help that he needed. It, that's just a whole nother story, you know, in itself. Well, that sounds like it adds to the church trauma. Yeah. And why... Like, you did not have a good experience in that church, which probably, if that's the only church you knew, it was. And that's kind of repulsive, in my opinion. The way they treated you, the way they treated your kids, the Mm -hmm. way that, you know, you gave everything to the church. And then all of a sudden, when you didn't look the part or act the part or, you know, you couldn't be what they needed. Instead of right. saying, like, hey, how can we partner with you to help you? They yeah. just. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is ignorance and yeah. then using ignorance as an excuse to not move forward, to learn, to open up and to help their members 
it was just in too much for me at that time. I mean, yeah. I knew I had depression, but I had I wasn't diagnosed with it for for I was not diagnosed with bipolar disorder until um, my kids were, I think, in middle school, going into high school, and I, okay. I just, you know, I just didn't know what to do anymore. I went to the doctor. I was like, I don't know what to do. I have moments where I feel fine, and then I have moments where it's like I'm in a manic mode, you know. And now being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, getting the medication down was a long process because I what medication to put me on made me into a no feeling zombie. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I was like, I feel great. I don't feel anything, you know. Yeah, that's the hard thing of like trying to find, you know, the right medication and all of that. Okay, so it definitely makes sense why you are so turned off and kind of gave up on the church because when Mm -hmm. you needed the church the most, they Mm -hmm. weren't there for you, right? And I do think that we have to remember that, you know, for others that are listening, the church is full of people who are broken. They aren't God. And I think sometimes without even realizing it, we put the church on a pedestal of like equal to God. And that's not right because you know the church is full of broken people you know even the deacons Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to go the elders of the church like they're all broken people and i don't think that means like they get past and can do whatever they want i think that we have to continue to pray for them that their eyes will be open to some of the things where they are not being obedient or not just open to Mm -hmm. like learning The first thing that I thought of when you talked about the divorce and everything just reminds me of how we avoid what we don't want to talk about. And I can see how people in the church would avoid talking about it because they didn't know what to say and they didn't want to say the wrong thing. And so they didn't say anything at all. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, you see an elephant back there, acknowledge the (laughs) elephants. It doesn't matter. Like, just say something. Stop. Like, you cannot avoid it altogether because you took that as they didn't care. And some of Mm -hmm. them may have really been just totally messed up in, you know, their beliefs and everything. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them may have just not known what to say. So they said nothing at all. And you took that as rejection Mm -hmm. when really it was just them not knowing because so many of us we avoid what's uncomfortable right that's and so that's and a if, call out for everybody like uh, do not avoid the uncomfortable i agree with that and especially in a church family you know where you grew up together with people and my pastor and his wife i i love them to death my pastor is since past or i always still call him my pastor but he's passed away, but I learned so much about the Bible from him and his his teachings. He was always someone that got into the word and and was really able to explain it, you know, to where you could understand it. And so those are things that has put a love in my heart about learning more about the word. And that's what has 
draw on me to wanting to go find another church to go to these past couple of years because I've been yearning for that learning again. Like I've been missing it. And it's come and go over the years, but it's just been really strong in my heart the last couple of years. So now let's get into this of you going back to church because I know, gosh, there's so much. When you told me this, like how this all worked, I was like, oh, my God, we have to talk about this because it is such a big deal and so cool to see how God has worked this out. So, yeah, for two years, I don't even remember when, but I remember through one of our our coaching calls or maybe even the Stock That Unstoppable workshop, I may have said to you, like, I feel like, do you think God is calling you to go back to church? I think maybe I didn't even know you didn't go to church. I I normally (laughs) just assume, you know, if you're a Christian, I just assume you go to church. So when that happened, that was probably 2020, maybe 2021 in that conversation. And then at what point was it you that I asked when in a coaching call, I was like, is there any area in your life where you feel like you're being disobedient? Was that you or was that? Yeah, that, uh, I think you did assume that I did go to church and I just said, no, I haven't been going. And the first time you had asked me, I had visited my old church, you know, that I just didn't build, you know, that connection there. And so I just kind of like, I hope Melissa doesn't bring it up again. Because, you know, I'm like, well, maybe I could watch some church services on YouTube or something, but it's not the same. And that, yeah, you had asked if I was being disobedient. I was like, yeah, I need to go back to church, but I'm just so afraid. Uh, First of all, what church to go to, you know, because I wanted, I know what I believe in and I didn't want to go to a church that didn't believe the same doctrine that I had been raised in. And Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I looked at the different churches in the area and I had in mind a couple that I wanted to go to. And you're like, you need to keep going. You need to go, you know, and We talked about this for weeks, and I also (laughs) want to bring up this right here about that disobedience, because to be honest, I hope it's okay that I bring this up, you know, in our coaching calls, you're kind of frustrated because you're like, I am doing all the things. Why is this not working? Like, why am I, like, I feel like I'm not moving forward, which I think you were moving forward, but you weren't moving as forward as you, like, you felt like there was still something in the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know that like when there's an area where God is telling you to do something and you're not doing it, that can get in the way, right? Yeah. And so that's what led me to asking the question in the first place. Like, (laughs) is there any area in your life where you could be out of alignment and where you're being disobedient and you're like, church? (laughs) And I was like, you, I thought you went back to church a long time ago. <laughs> you were like, no. no, it's I just visited. <laughs> yeah. So then we had a conversation and we had talked for a while, like you were mm-hmm. doing it, like this was part of your, your thing that you were working on and you still like kept putting it off. And I would think I finally was like, okay, you give me your requirements. What is it you're <laughs> looking for? How many people, how far yeah. away can it be? What kind of like worship style you want? Do you, you know, I asked all of the questions 
And then I said, let me see if I can find, like, I will do the research for you, narrow it down to three, and you pick from those three. Right. And um, so we did that. Yeah, so I happened. So when you you said you were going to find that, I was like, okay, she's going to find me a church. And I thought, well, if she doesn't, because this was what I think was Thursday. And I thought, if she doesn't have enough time to search and get me something by Sunday, I'm going to go to this one church that I had in my mind that I had been wanting to go, but I've been dragging my feet off. And so when you sent me names of two churches, one of the churches that I had in my head was the one that you had on your list. And I thought, that's it. That's the one I need to go to. (laughs) Yeah, God had been telling you to go to that one all along. You just wasn't recognizing that it was God saying, this one, this one, this one. Like, sometimes we need the brick. I always say, like, sometimes I just need God to hit me with a brick. Yeah, I know. And I just get so wound up about what ifs and should ifs and could ifs. And I kept thinking about how I was raised. And because this church doesn't exactly believe how I would, you know, how I was raised. But I'm, I just told God, I'm like, you're, you're just going to have to work with me and open my eyes and just help me deal with this. So that next Sunday, I went to the the Sunday school, and when I walked into the adult class, someone was there that I had grown up with, and he came over and gave me a hug and sat with me, and I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) I'm not really here by myself. Yeah. I was not there early. You didn't realize that they were doing like this networking or like, you know, (laughs) Sundays. Like you, you ended up for Sunday school before you actually went to a church service. Like, yeah. In the sanctuary. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, How cool is that? When you told me that, I was like, God knew I got to bring you somebody. I know. And so he had prepared for Mm -hmm. you in advance to have someone there to see you because you went by yourself. And I know that right there is like a huge fear for a lot of people. Like it's nice to have a sidekick, you know, someone that's going to go with you. So if you have no one else to talk to, you at least have that person. Right. Right. Um, Right. But you, you were courageous and you did it and you went by yourself. And the first thing you see is someone that, you know, who also went to your old church. Correct. Yeah. Yep, he did. We were raised in the same church, you know, growing up. So I, and he's just someone that is like, he's like a big brother, you know? And so, I mean, even to this day, even though I hadn't been going, anytime I saw him out or his wife out, it was just, we would just pick up a conversation like we had never been apart. And so I really, really cherished that moment because that helped me ease into this transition, you know, without any hiccups, you know. So when the Sunday school was over, then they had the regular service. And I sw- it was like a, just a regular old Pentecostal service that I grew up with. It was so comfortable and it was so familiar. And I just loved how they were just, the people there were just ready to go. They were ready to worship ready to sing. And, you know, and the pastor, I mean, he's a great guy. And I just, this is the place I need to be. I really, I really have loved it. So 
and going there. Okay, so now let's talk about because you decided to go on a Wednesday. Like, because yeah. you're like, I, if I'm going to do this, I'm going all the way, right? <laughs> yeah. So you go on Wednesday again by yourself. And this mm-hmm. freaked you out a little bit because you realized they split it up, women together and men together. So your yeah. friend wasn't going to be in there. Right. So on Wednesdays, I thought it would just be, a you know, kind of a, a regular service. And come to find out is they split the men up from the women and the women are told by the pastor's wife and it's very casual. And I walk in and I'm like sort of dressed up for a Sunday service, you know, because that's just how we were raised was to be dressed up whenever you went. And I was like, oh, no, they're doing something completely different. So I sat in the back. I didn't know what was happening. And one of the ladies that I now know, she's been there for 35 years. She walked by and she realized I was someone new. So she introduced herself and just like stayed by me the whole time. So, and then they offer refreshments on Wednesdays. So she stayed in line with me. She ate with me and we got to talking and she was talking about that she's doing part-time bookkeeping work for Richmond Friends Church. And I had made a donation to that church. And she was talking about how they come across odd names. And she said, yeah, we came across an odd name that's uh, motherhood something. And I said, motherhood unfiltered? And she said, yeah. I said, well, that's my podcast name. Motherhood unfiltered is going to be okay. And so we had that connection where, you know, we just thought how small of a world it is. And then I found out even more later that she used to work with my sister at the Richmond Symphony Orchestra. And so I've just really gotten close to her. She prayed with me and we confided in each other. And I just love that God has just put those people there and and this church has created a system to where you should build that welcoming no matter what day of the week it is. And I, I just really loved it. They really, I've opened up faster because of that, you know, being at that church. So I, yeah, I love really that you said that because at the time you didn't know that they actually had a system in place where someone's role is when yeah. they, you know, they're looking for those new people. So those mm-hmm. people don't feel like an outcast or reject mm-hmm. or, you know, someone who doesn't belong. Because mm-hmm. when we go into a new church, especially by ourselves, it's yeah. scary. It and, is, yeah. you know, there's a like you have, depending on the size of the church, I think, you know, some people like they don't want people to talk to them. Yeah, because I think that makes it feel safer. They don't mm-hmm. have to connect, although like the whole point is for you to connect and mm-hmm. get to know other people and have that faith family. And I just mm-hmm. think when you told me this, I'm like, first of all, I was yeah. like, again, God like knew you needed <laughs> somebody. You're someone that kind of struggles with anxiety. You are an introvert, you know. Talking mm-hmm. to a bunch of random strangers isn't something that you're like 
yes, I get to do that today. But, you know, so God, again, just brought you someone. And then to find out, like, the church actually is aware and has a plan in place. I love that church just for that alone. (laughs) Every church should have that because people need to be seen, feel seen, and they just sped up the process for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so you could, like you said, you know, so you felt like you could open up. Yeah, they do a thing where they have house moms. And so each lady has like four or five names and assigned to them and then they have it's their responsibility to make sure that they're together that they're not at church that they've been called and talked to and she was one of those now she is my house mom because we've just meshed so well together we've just get along really well now you know from that it's so much a fact that the pastor asked me how long I've known her because he thought we were friends before I started coming, I was like, oh, I just met her a couple months ago when I started coming here. Yeah, it was just shocked, you know. So I just, I love that whole idea. Yeah, I think if you're listening and you go to church, you need to talk to your church about starting something like that if you don't have Mm -hmm. it, because it is such a cool philosophy. Again, like nobody left behind, you know, Um, because so many times like, that's what keeps people coming because they feel seen and they want to be a part of something. Okay, so we're going to fast forward now to the conversation (laughs) with your husband because, again, sometimes we don't recognize that our obedience isn't just setting us Mm -hmm. up for our relationship with God, but it's also for those others who are around as Mm -hmm. well. And so... When you started going back to church, your husband didn't want to go. So you've been going by yourself. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about that conversation with your husband. And not that you nagged him to like, come with me, come with me. But like, just talk about how your obedience has affected him in his relationship with God. Well, so... I told I told him, and he's known for a while that I wanted to go back, but where to go, we've been on a disagreement about. And so I, I just told him that I was just going to go for myself and that I would love for him to go with me. And he said that he would go, but not go all the time. And I was like, okay, I can handle that. And he did go with me on Easter, but we had a conversation and where I told him that I felt like God wanted to use him to speak out, you know, to teach the word to other people. And he was just like, kind of like shocked that I had said that to him. I could hear the fear in his voice, you know, because he is such an intelligent person and he studies things all the time. Now, granted, it might be politics, but, you know, he's always learning. And I told him, I said, I feel like that just as God wants to use me to tell other people about him, I feel like he wants to use you in the same capacity. 
And I feel like that's why you are so adamant about not being a member of a church is because of that. And he really didn't know what to say about that. Because if you acknowledge it, then you got to address it or Mm -hmm. ignore it. And I mean, I haven't had that conversation with him again, but I just thought that I would just try to implement it more into our life. And so with our breakthrough challenge, I've been sending him, been writing out little sayings of inspiration and just trying to uplift him, but also adding in a verse or two. And he really loves that. He loves that I've been doing that. And I just want him, you know, to build that. As much as I was scared, I know he's going to be scared in that, you know, we could do this together. And of course, God is going to help us through it. Mm-hmm. But he's just got to find it on his own. I mean, I can't force him to. Yeah, you can't <laughs> nag him. Like, I didn't nag you like, you got to go. You need to go right now, right now. Well, like, you just did it. And um, yeah, finally, um, you had to, you know, I just was like, okay, what is getting in your way? What is going on? <laughs> How can I help you with that? You know, and you can ask some of those questions to support him. But yeah, if you were never to go back. He would not have gotten the clarity that he needs Mm -hmm. to go back and so god is working on him you can already just tell now but i would love for you to talk with you a little bit about our coaching call this last week about the boldness you've been praying for boldness and where you feel like god is calling you i would love for you to say it out loud (laughs) Live for everyone because I think there's so much power about bringing that, you know, into the light instead of keeping it hidden. So, talk to me a little bit about that. Remember, boldness comes with taking action. So, you don't need boldness, you need courage. That's kind of Mm -hmm. what we talked about. Um, Just like you don't need confidence, confidence comes from taking action and being courageous and so again kind of boldness and using your voice and speaking and doing what you know god is calling you to do it's not so much the boldness that you need it's it's the courage so Mm -hmm. share a little bit about what you know god is calling you to do and um let's talk about it well i've been like you said i've been praying and asking god to give me boldness because i have this desire to talk to women who have been struggling with depression and anxiety and to talk to them about the things that they need to do to help themselves and, you know, tell them about God. You know, if they don't know Jesus, then Jesus can help them with all of that, give them comfort when they need it. And I have just been so afraid to just come out and start talking about it because the last couple of years on my podcast, for instance, That's like the main place where I want to talk about this. I've been interviewing people. And so I want to change that to where I'm talking and giving them the word and giving them actual things that they can do to help live with this depression and anxiety and to be able to offer them some kind of a hope because 
there are times when I've been in a bad depression, I felt like I had no hope, you know, and I don't want anybody else to feel that. That just, it just hurts me. You know, when I think about someone losing their animal and they never find the animal again, and that just feeling that loss in your heart, or they lose a loved one, you know, who was maybe young and passed away. It's just, I just feel it in my chest, you know, and I just had been asking God to give me that courage and that boldness to not to be afraid to say what I feel like he's given me to tell people. And so that's what we were talking about this week. Specifically, like in the church, um, Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share how you felt God telling you to do something and like all of your worries. Can we talk about that for a minute? So the lady that had befriended me at the church, she had went up. They were the pastor had asked people who had a special request to come up and he would lay hands on them and pray for them. And my friend had went up there and I felt like I should have went up with her and prayed with her. But I was thinking, I was like, I just started coming here. Nobody knows me. Nobody, they're going to think, what, who is she? Does she even have the Holy Spirit? Has she even been baptized? Does she even know what she's doing? Is she even saved? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So who am I to go up there and act like I know what I'm doing, right? And so I didn't go up. I mean, I did pray for her from my seat, but when she came back, I asked her if she was okay, and she said she felt better. And I said, well, I felt like I should have went up and prayed with you, but I didn't because, and then I said, told her how I was feeling. And she's like, nobody cares about that. You pray with who you feel like you need to pray with. That's what God's telling you to do. And I was like, bam, I should have just lit up there. And I told her, I said, well, you know, next time I will. I promise I will. I said, I just was all up in my head, you know, all up in my own feelings about it, you know. And so I was like, okay, Lord, you told me to do something. I didn't know do it. So, and it's so hard how the enemy comes and like just wrecks us with all these what ifs, what if. I don't, I don't want this person to think this. I don't want this person to think about this. (laughs) Even though like we aren't supposed to care about the opinion of man. We, we do. Should. Yeah. It's a struggle. It is yeah. a struggle. So in that, like I, when you said that, and I don't know if I told you this on our call or not, but I actually had those same exact, like God call, was calling me to go to the altar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, people are going to think that I'm like going to get saved, but I'm already saved. I'm not going to the altar. Like I had yeah. all of these thoughts. Like I just kept talking to God about, I'm like, go to the altar. Like, first of all, and then he started calling me to go to the altar before an altar call. Lord, and yeah. at, which our church has us, like you come to the altar whenever God calls you to go to the altar. You don't have to wait for a specific come to the altar message. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> thankfully there is that. But I was like, God, no, you can, you want me to go now? You know, and Again, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I wrestle with it for a minute, do the whole like, if this song lasts one more, like they start <laughs> singing this song one more time, 
then I'll go. Then I'll and, go. It did. <laughs> and so I started doing that. And that's when God had kind of given me this message of like, go first. Like you got to mm-hmm. go first. And I think some of us who have family that's unsaved or others that aren't where we are in our faith, like we don't want to go first, but God is calling us to go first. And in that, like we are the cycle breakers Mm -hmm. and God is going to use us. And so going first, being willing to, you know, go without the worry of what other people will think. It's really hard. You know, since 2021, I think it was 2021, I've been talking about the spirit of resistance and how the enemy wants you to not do the thing God is calling. And so he will use resistance of like all of the things that you said. I don't want people to think I'm weird. I don't (laughs) I don't want like they're gonna think I know it. I think I'm a know-it-all or you know, I they're gonna think I want to be the center of attention. Like there are so many different things (laughs) that will go in our head. And yeah. Their opinions are none of our business. Right. And even if they do, that's on them. And so yeah. one of the things that God has really taught me since like he's been working on me since 20, I believe January 2018. It may have been 2019. No, it had to have been 2018 because I was still in South Carolina, was to use my voice to speak. Yeah. When I felt that, like, don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Just say in that moment what you feel you need to say and leave it at that. Like, don't and look I at the feel like he, think about that. He does that to people who are shy and introverted. I mean, why is he doing that? I mean, he just was the <laughs> No, I don't think it's that at all. I think it is we have been repressed. Yeah. Oppress. We have been silenced by the enemy for so many years mm-hmm. because the enemy knew that our voice was going to create massive impact. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we've stayed silent because we have been broken. We have went through trauma. We have gone through all of this stuff. Right. Because the enemy has tried to silence us. And mm-hmm. so... When we can use our voice, knowing like God is going to use it, doesn't matter if you say the right words. It doesn't matter if you say, you know, or um, or like, or anything. Like, it doesn't matter if you stutter. When God says speak, we have to speak because it's his his word. You don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about it. Obviously, it needs to line up with scripture. But yeah. for most of us, when we know God is speaking, we we can use some discernment there. We right. know, you know, we yeah. know when it's God or potentially can be God. And so that's just so important. And I don't think I've shared, I haven't even shared that part with you, but I do think like we are called yeah. the pioneers. We are the ones who are breaking the cycles and generations mm. of these strongholds that have held us back and we're breaking, like God is using us to break those. And so using our voice and speaking, being willing to go first, being willing to do the hard things, even when they're scary. 
yeah. is allowing God to move and for those around us. Remember, we talked, I've talked about this before. You probably heard it before. I know you have. When Peter got out of the boat, it didn't just change him. It also changed those who were in the boat. Yeah. And so the people that are watching you walk this out and do the hard things, mm-hmm. like it's it's impacting them as well. Whether you see it or not, God is doing something. And I, I as we wrap up, I, I just want to say that again. Like you had this fear of going back to church and you've had the longing and you are so mm-hmm. worried about like what could have happened. We didn't even get into the touching part where you were scared <laughs> of people touching you and hugging on you and all that, which I get because I am not a hugger. I don't want people like coming and touching me and all that stuff. I'm better than I was, but it's still hard. But like, you know, those were real fears that you yeah. had. You know, we can laugh now, but they were right. real. And they were terrifying. And you had to walk in the fear. Yeah. And trust God in it. And I wanted you on this podcast just as a reminder to other people that God Mm -hmm. knows. God knows. He knows your biggest fears. He knows like those tender parts of you that it will wreck you if this was to happen or that yeah. was to happen. You know, like right. he knows. He knows when he, when he is calling you to stretch yourself and walk this out, you know, he knew Peter was going to start sinking. He knew that. Yeah. And he, he caught him mm-hmm. and, and grabbed him. And so I just think it's very comforting to know that you can trust God and yeah. he will align things with you for you so that you can continue to walk these things out. Exactly. Exactly. And that is really a comforting feeling, you know, that he didn't just disregard me. Like he knew how I was feeling about certain things and made sure that I could ease into it. Yes, absolutely. God is just so good. Like, it leaves me speechless to know, you know, when I had my fears of going back to church mm-hmm. and I was like, every church has let me down pretty much. Or yeah. the other, you know, I start, I find my place and then God says, ah, just kidding. We're going to move you across country again. <laughs> you know, it's so hard. But mm-hmm. I know that God's plan is perfect. And he will use every situation, whether they were from him or something the enemy did, he mm-hmm. will use it and good will come out of it. And yeah. just like this conversation between you and I, you know, the right. enemy wanted to keep us from coming back to church. And he did yeah. for a short bit. Yeah. And now we are having a conversation that is going to be so relatable to so many people who are thinking the same thing. Like, I can't go back. I, you know, I went through a divorce or Mm -hmm. the church failed me. They rejected me. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. those are some big feelings. And now we're talking about it. And other people are going to be encouraged to go back to church. I hope so. I mean, because 
if you've got that yearning in your heart to be closer to God and to, you know, learn more about the Bible, then, I mean, don't wait as long as I did to go back, you know, find a place and go back. I think a conversation we had on a coaching call with some, uh, with, I think with Tammy, she said, we tried several different churches before finding the one that we go to now. There's nothing wrong with going and just, you know, discovering different congregations. And I was yep. like, oh, I'm, I think I'm making this harder than what it should be. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and just well, being willing you. to be vulnerable and share a little bit of mm-hmm. the journey that you've been on to go back to church because, man, God is good. Hey, friends, that's it for this episode. If you found value, I would love it if you could take a couple of seconds and leave me a quick review. While it may seem super simple, it is so beneficial and gives me the opportunity to help more women. Also, take a screenshot and share it on social media with your biggest aha today. Don't forget to tag me at Melissa Bad Official so we can connect. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, friend, keep walking it out one baby step at a time because God's got you.